First order of business, Grant. Aaron would like me to inform you that you owe her a text. Yes, I do. This is all I've been told. No, I I have I do not owe her a text. I have owed her a text for like 3 days. Well, regardless of the length of time, it's still true. <laughs> yes. No, that that means it, the interest I'm, is accruing, Grant. <laughs> I know, I'm trying to imply that I I understand the situation and that I understand that it's worse than you have been informed. Yeah, that's fair. Uh So that, this th- I don't know if that makes it any better. It doesn't make it any better, but <laughs> The joke that I just made actually makes me think about this. Do you think that at least up to a certain point, actually, no, I think this is actually a very good parallel to actual finance is that when you don't respond to some type of communication for a while, it's like for a certain period of time, interest on it is accruing where if you had responded immediately or close to immediately, it would be understood that maybe your answer wouldn't be that long or maybe it'd come in several parts. Mm-hmm. But the longer you take, it's like you need to pay up with more. Like you owe them a longer thing, whether that is more information because you took longer gathering it or information that you would have given earlier. But now you need to also issue an apology for taking so long, whatever it is, right? It, it slowly goes and goes. And then eventually you like default on your debt and you just send oh. them like a pretty short curt reply, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, whoops, sorry about this. And then maybe follow up. I was going to totally disagree with you until you hit that the parallel of defaulting <laughs> on your debt. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is exactly the thing I was going to try to ding him with. But it totally fits. <laughs> I had to get to that point in my brain before I could convince myself that it was a worthy metaphor. Yeah. Or but analog. I, I very much because I feel like there's a point. I feel like almost I don't know. Maybe maybe other people think differently from me. But I know like when I have neglected a communication or like a communication has taken longer than it should i always feel an internal need to like add more provide additional information but i i don't know if i can ever think of a situation where like i've been on the receiving end of neglected communicate like the other end of neglected communication and like i've gotten the communication back and been like oh they they should have said more or blah di da da like, I feel like the only direction I've been is like, well, they didn't need to waste that much time. Like, they shouldn't have wasted a couple extra minutes of my life writing all this crap that I don't care about. They should have just <laughs> given me the answer because that's what I was wanting and I don't really care. I'm just glad they sent me something. No, that's fair. That, that's, there's always an asymmetry with that sort of stuff. Yeah. Where you want, you kind of want to be polite. I mean, your your version of it is not necessarily sounding very polite, but it's like... You want to be polite when you're the person who's responding. Wait, are you saying I'm not polite? No, I'm saying that the way that you phrased wanting someone to not waste your time is a little different than how I would view it, which is like, well, I want to be polite with them responding of like, hey, regardless of whatever made you busy or forget about this, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You know, like you can just send me the information. You don't need to like excuse yourself or whatever. Not because I inherently don't care just give me the info that i've been waiting here for but more from a perspective of i want to be polite i don't want to make you feel bad for whatever happened that made you get to this to me later yeah i guess the way i framed it in retrospect does sound (laughs) quite harsh uh that's not how i feel in real life (laughs) it's normally just like oh no no, i'm not like upset that it took a while i'm just 
or if I was upset that it took a while, I'm now distracted enough by the fact that I'm glad to have the answer that I don't care. Exactly. Exactly. And if you hadn't mentioned it, I wouldn't have thought of it. Um, but yeah, that's something, something that I'll often do. Like if, if I'm replying to an email, I feel like email is the point, the place where it pops up the most is I'll type out the email that I want to send and then I'll delete the first paragraph. Hmm. Uh, That's very clever. It's totally pointless rambling that is purely for my own benefit. And I got the benefit because I wrote it already. I don't do that, but the other the version of that that I tend to employ, at least if I'm emailing someone who's like higher than me in the organization and I kind of care what they think about me, uh, let's say, mm-hmm. um, is the trick that I learned is I tend to write emails in the opposite order. So it's like, I'll look at like my last couple, like my last paragraph, or my last sentence or whatever. And oftentimes mm-hmm. that's better put at the front, which yep. means that like I naturally, when I just start writing an email stream of, you know, just stream of thought, throwing it out there, I provide all the context. And then at the very end, I ask them for the thing that I need from them. And typically it's better to do it at the reverse of like, Hey, can you do this or I need this from you, whatever. If you need more context, if you don't already have it, here's what I understand about the situation below. And then Mm -hmm. it's like, boom, you hit them with what they want. If they feel like they understand it, cool, that's good. And you're not wasting their time to read through a whole bunch of other garbage. Um, Yeah. The other thing that I also learned was a good idea, but I still don't do, and I'm curious if you do, is when you're writing an email to someone, do you put them in the to bar right away, or do you wait until the end to do that? No, that's the last thing I do, or okay, second so you, to last thing I do. So you have good email hygiene. I do not. I I always immediately do that at risk of accidentally sending it. <laughs> I maybe maybe good email hygiene. Maybe just like more i don't want to say paranoia because i feel like paranoia implies that it's not a reasonable mistake that i would or potentially have made but like i'm paranoid about like accidentally sending the message before it's ready well but the yeah i'm saying that regardless of what causes you to do that i still think it's a better practice overall like the reason to do it is because you don't want to send it to someone when you're not ready to yeah but that's the reason to do it like regardless of if you personally feel super anxious about it or it's now just a habit or a little bit of both depending on the situation like i'm sure if you're like if you were to send an email to me you're not anxious that much about sending it early (laughs) you know but like Mm -hmm. you might still do the same thing because now it's a habit yeah Um, and i avoid that habit by instead turning on the um, delay send feature in gmail so (laughs) when i send Ah. something i have whatever like five or ten seconds i think to notice a mistake in the heat of the moment and click undo undo and then fix whatever i noticed is there that option in outlook i have no clue i would kind of be surprised if there isn't i'm gonna there's no reason there shouldn't be tomorrow when i go in i'm gonna i'm gonna check with that because i want to delay or schedule sending email messages because like i know you can send something i i just don't know how to set up like a everything is delayed i know how to set up like oh this message i'm typing right now send it at like 9 a.m tomorrow morning it looks like there should be a way to do this as best i can tell 
I'll look into both it for an individual out. message that you're writing and also for because uh, the reason to do it for an individual message is like you're typing something out on a Friday, but it doesn't matter. So you set it to send at like 9 a.m. on Monday. That That's you know? one reason. That's one reason. But then the delay for everything is more for the like catching yourself yeah. for doing something dumb, which is why yeah. I use it. So mm-hmm. and I think mine is just set to five seconds, but that's enough that like in that like hyper focused mode of like yeah. I just sent something and all of a sudden you see something dumb that you did or someone that you forgot to add or whatever. Mm-hmm. Who knows what it could be, but I've definitely caught myself on many occasions where that's been very helpful to have. Yeah. So there's Not my email that. pro tip. I, I use the delayed send feature a lot, like for an individual message I just wasn't sure about overall because uh, I mostly use it like if there's something that I want to respond to outside of like hours where I will typically respond to something like I just happen to be having a say I'm like working on something else late at night and like I don't want people to ever oh, begin to yeah. develop the expectation that they can email me at this time and I will respond right away but just because of random chance, this one instance, it is convenient for me to respond, respond right away. So I respond right away, but then send it, set it to send it like the next time where I would typically be available to check this message. That is very smart. Um, but yeah, uh, I had another thought. What was it? Um, about emails, mistakes. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. The last things I do when I send an email. Second to last thing is add the recipient in the to line. The final thing that I do is I, because normally the recipients are like people in my like email or something. So like will pop up with their actual name from like the system or whatever, or how their name is spelled, at least in their email address. Then I double check that their name in the to line matches the name that I'm sending the email to as like, hey, so-and-so. That makes sense. Uh, cause I made that mistake far too many times. Yeah. The one time I screwed up with that was sending an email from my phone and I'm sure I told this story, but it happened, you know, three years ago, probably at this point was someone, uh, high up in the company. His name is Yating, Y-A-T-I-N-G. And I sent oh. an email to him on my phone and it, without me noticing before I sent it, auto-corrected his name to Hating. I was, I yeah, I bet. And so, and then I, you know, quickly noticed and, and responded. I was like, I'm so sorry, that was an autocorrect, not like a Freudian slip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't mind, but it was funny and a little nerve-wracking. Yeah. Have you ever rescinded an email? Or... Uh, Wait, recalled? Uh, I don't know if that's an ability I have. Okay. I don't know. So, if it, no. Because every time that it, a situation arises where I want to do that, I quickly Google two things. Like, I try to Google, like, my situation and if it's possible to recall the email. <laughs> and then, like, how to do it. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's never occurred to me as a thing that could happen. Um, yeah. It's something that I have used from time to time. Most of the time that I've... I've used it, I think, twice. 
in both instances, it was because I like made a serious mistake that I think only one of the people in the email chain would have been offended by. Yeah. Like misspelling their name or calling them like the wrong thing or so, I don't know. Uh, and every time it was always like multiple people were on the email and every single time it has only, cause it only works if they haven't checked the message yet. Sure. And it's only worked for the single person I was trying to recall that like, like everyone else in the email thread had already checked it. So it like popped back in an error message of like failed to recall the message, but always, I always both times it has recalled it from the person that I cared most about. And I suppose these were all using the same kind of like internal email system. Yeah. It's always so been with Outlook, both yeah. instances. Um, yeah, I would I would be surprised if that was just generally possible with Gmail. It probably isn't. Now that I think about it, because like Outlook, it's only possible on like the Outlook like desktop application. Yeah, because the first time it happened, I was using the like online Outlook. Like, but at the same time, and, it did, and there's like no option in that po- in that like. I don't know, medium, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, because there has to be, first of all, I'd assume there'd have to be, yeah, some limitation based on what software and email system you're using. And then also there can't, there has to be some amount of time where that's no longer possible to do. Because it would be wild if you could like email someone and then a year later be like oh i shouldn't have sent that email like it contains information that would be bad if other people came across so let me like rescind the email and like tell like the email server that this person's email like it has to because it can only be done from your end yeah you know so it has to be shared in that way and like you said if they've but like you said that even though they've opened it, if they tried to open it again, they they got like some sort of error. No, 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 no. So it's so what happens is you like okay. So send the person the who didn't to, open it ended to, up getting an error. No. So what happens is you send the request to recall the email, and so anybody who received the email and did not open it, it deletes the email from their inbox. Okay. This is how I understand it. I might be wrong. But anybody who received the email, and so then when it deletes that email from their inbox, it pings you back with a new message that says successfully recalled this message from this person. But then if anybody has already opened the email, it pings you back with a message that says failed to recall the message, and I believe the message stays in their inbox. Your error. It happened on your end. Yeah. I see. That makes way more sense. Um, so if okay. they've already opened it, it, or yeah, if so already, like, I feel like that's it. still only doable when you guys are all like in the same organization, essentially. And then there's probably like an organizational level permission to allow that sort of thing to exist. Cause it would like, if I sent Maybe. as a Gmail user, like I sent the email to someone else's email and they're mm-hmm. not using Gmail and now it's just living in their like Microsoft email or whatever, mm-hmm. like their Microsoft served email. Like yeah. that's in Microsoft's like email database for that account. I, it would be wild if Gmail could just like, like I suppose they could send some sort of request and maybe there is a protocol within email to allow that to happen and there's like an understanding where like they all have to satisfy like a certain data setup 
mm-hmm. where like Google can ping and be like, hey, this exact message with this exact parameters, like you have this and I'm going to ping you and be like, please, 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 if the like, you know, if opened is set to no, mm-hmm. um, like, please just delete that off your server, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, but that would all rely on them like implementing that protocol the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that exists. I have no clue. It it could be because email is like an open pro or like there are a couple of open protocols for email, but it seems way less crazy if it's like you are all using the same organizational email and everything's kind of all contained in the same sphere of the world mm-hmm. than if it's like Google sending something to Microsoft or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Yeah. All, all I, the email hot tips. I was going to say, I don't want to get stuck on emails for too long, but this has brought up an maybe not interesting email situation that has recently come, it came up to me on Friday last week. And I want to bring it up to you on how you would deal with it specifically regarding like periods of time and like what explanation is necessary. Um, and so months ago, like in like July, I had emailed someone with essentially like a request for them to, uh, change something and then train me in on the changes that they that I was requesting them to make to like a service that I use. Okay. They responded back saying like, okay, I'll do that. I don't know when it's going to happen. It's probably going to take a while because I have a lot on my plate right now. I can't do it. And I was like, okay, no problem. Just let me know when you get it done. Uh, and so recently I was thinking like, okay, it's been like a while. Like, they made it seem like it was going to be like weeks or more, but it's been like months and I haven't heard anything back. Uh, so let me just like reach out again to double check to make sure it's still like on the docket or if not, like try to put it back on to the docket, you know? For sure. Uh, and so then I was like, I'm, I should look up our last email so I know exactly like the wording that we left things off with. So I like searched their name and found out that they did respond. Oh, no. Essentially saying, like, I think I've done what you wanted. Like, let's check. Like, let me know if you want to, like, deal with this more, essentially. Um, and so now I'm like, well, that was, like, three weeks after our original communication. It's now <laughs> been months. How do I respond back to this? Do I, like, because knowing this person, they don't remember this exchange ever happening. Do I respond back with, like, a new exchange? Well, you don't remember the exchange either because not not in the strict sense because you didn't know that it happened. Um, well, I knew the exchange <laughs> happened. I just didn't know that they had responded uh, so, affirmatively. So let me, yeah, but you know what I mean. Um, let me ask a couple of follow-up questions. Your initial request was to change something and for help with training or more information, whatever it is, Right. Have you confirmed that they did what you needed and do you still need that help from them? No, I can. So I, what I did confirm is that they did not implement. So it was like, I wanted them to change the way that one of the systems we use works. So it would be more useful for me and everybody else. Um, They said they had made the changes 
and kind of were like, let me know if you want to have time so we can go over them. Um, and so I can show you the changes that I made. And so I recently, like without them, checked the system. They did not make the changes I requested. Oh, so the answer to my question is no. Yeah. Okay. Like they, the opposite. <laughs> they said they made the changes, but I checked the system and like they clearly did not make the changes. Okay. Unless the changes were like they decided they wanted to give me access to the admin account. That would be kind of funny. Uh, which would be wonderful. Um, but I 0% believe that's the changes they were discussing. But yeah. Um, we don't need to dwell on it too I, I long. think no but I, I it is an interesting thing i think i've had not exactly this situation but i've accidentally lost an email you know mm-hmm. um and all you can do is respond and just be like um you know hey like i totally missed your message thank you for working on this it does look like um you know, this isn't exactly what I thought it would, or whatever, you know, however the polite phrasing is mm-hmm. in your particular situation of like, um, I think this is still something we might want to look over. Yeah. And if we could find some time to discuss this again, um, that would be great. Yeah. And you, so you reply back to the original email thread, do you think? Oh yeah. Cause they need okay. like, cause anything, even like, I don't know if this is a person oh, like within your program totally or tech right. support or whatever, they need the context. You're totally right. Yeah. It will help also if they did make weird changes that didn't don't seem logical but seemed logical to them. It would at least cue them in that like, oh yeah, this is that request. Exactly. Okay. Okay. That 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 should work for me. I can I can make I don't know. I was gonna say I can make uh cake with those broken eggs and I was like, that makes no sense. <laughs> I should not say that I, out loud. I can make cake with a lot of broken eggs. <laughs> but, yeah. You gotta... Now, an egg that is specifically break. not broken, that's you pretty gotta, difficult to make a cake with. You gotta... What is it? You you gotta... Break some break. eggs if you want to make it. If you want to make an omelet, you gotta break oh, some eggs. Oh, I don't know why I thought it was cake. I mean, anyway. it could be. You, you still said the phrase wrong. That's like being like, hey, you know me, I can make omelets with broken eggs. It's like, well, good well, man. Yeah. I knew I was, like, reversing the statement, but it felt, I think, extra awkward because I was reversing the statement with not the right statement. Yeah. It's like a... my. Uh, I'm, I'm going to look up this quote because it's very funny. Have you played either of the Portal games? I have not played them, but I believe that via pop culture, I probably know enough to understand whatever you're going to bring up. Okay. So... I am finding this quote from Portal 2, lore. from Portal 2, from K- courtesy of Cave Johnson, played by J.K. Simmons, which is excellent. When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. What the hell am I supposed to do with these? Demand <laughs> to see life's manager. Make life rue the day it thought it could give Cave Johnson lemons. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's going to burn your house down with the lemons. I'm going to get my engineers to invent a combustible lemon that burns your house down. So that's a, that's that's kind of the equivalent of what you just said with the... I can make cake with broken eggs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to write that down as a title, but I'm going to try and edit out me saying that. 
sometimes I just rogue write down the title when I hear it. Most of the time I don't hear a title while we're recording, but. Oh, I'm trying to find. There's another like when life gives you lemons quote that I love. Uh, but I'm probably not going to find it. Um, yeah, that's fine. But you know what I can find, Mark? SKCD, a webcomic of romance, sarcasm, math, and language. Do you know who is the author of XKCD, Grant? By... (sighs) It doesn't say it anywhere, so this is just trivia for you, I guess. Or you could click on the banner for the book, and that'll tell you for sure. Okay, we'll do that. Or click the about link in the top left of the webpage. (laughs) Lots of options. How will this tell me? This doesn't help me at all. Look at the cover of the book. Oh, I guess I could read. Randall Monroe. Yes, Randall Monroe. Randall. Monroe. <laughs> Randall. What's going on, Randall? Uh, anyway, got we got titular stick man in a car. <laughs> I was like, you know what titular means. <laughs> what? Titular means, like, having to do with the title. The comic is XKCD. There's yeah. no stick men in XKCD. That, I, I don't know. Those are all... If you look at the banner at the top of the website, there are stick men... In that doesn't the matter. That XKCD. doesn't matter. That's like saying, like I anyway. So if we shut <laughs> up and listen to Grant talk, because he's Hobbs. in charge. Um. So we have a <laughs> stick man in a car. I'm not even going to care about this anymore. Uh. There's. It doesn't even make any sense. Uh. The thing on the dashboard says "cold, warm, hot, cold," and it's titled "cheap GPS." It was a GPS on the dashboard. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's plugged into the cigarette lighter. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm done. <laughs> uh, Grant, how much do you rely on mapping applications? Significantly. Yeah. Are there yes. places that you go to that you don't use a map to navigate to? Yeah. Are there places that you go to that you know in your heart you could definitely get to every time without a map, but you still use a map? Yes, also. Okay. For the second case, why? Uh, so I don't have to think about it and so I don't make mistakes. Um, or, like, I use maps more often if there are other people in the car. Hmm. Um. Interesting. So that I have, like, a clear reminder that, like, oh, yeah, I need to take this exit. Oh, yeah, I need to actually take that exit. Uh, that does make sense for you, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's one time. Other situations. If it's dark, or if it's, like, if I, like, normally drive somewhere in the light and it's dark out. Mm-hmm. Um, in case, like, I don't know, landmarks are less obvious to recognize or something like that. Um, times when I go somewhere and I always, well, a situation where I never use, uh, GPS when I'm taking the bus. Actually, that's not true. I definitely sometimes use GPS when I'm taking the bus. 
I was going to say, I always use it when I'm taking a bus, but that's partially because I don't really know the bus routes. <laughs> yeah, that's... For me, it's because, like, although there's, like, a app for monitoring the buses and checking the buses, honestly, it kind of sucks. And, like, sometimes I would rather just know what the schedule says it's supposed to be because sometimes that's better. Sure. <laughs> and, and more accurate than whatever stupid estimate the app tries to give you. The The issue is because I always try to catch the places where I catch the buses are at like the opposite ends of its routes where it's like doing a turnaround at some point. And so like, like near my apartment, there are multiple stops in which the bus is traveling different directions. Mm. And so like, if I'm looking for a bus that goes like East like it'll give me the estimate of the next bus that'll be like near at the stops nearest me, but it'll be giving me the buses that are heading west. Gotcha. Tricky. And it doesn't tell me about the ones heading east until they've already passed the stop heading west, at which point like there's kind of like that awkward window of time of like this if I'm not ready to catch the bus, this is probably not enough warning. Uh, but if I like was trying to be ready to catch the bus at the first time that I was reading, like now I'm annoyed at how long I have to be standing outside in the cold. Yeah, that makes sense. It does get cold there, doesn't it? That's a bummer. Yeah. And it's, it's, that popped into my head, that phrasing popped in my head because of the weather the past week and a half year. Yeah. It suddenly got quite chilly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, Yeah. Yeah, GPS. I I use a decent amount. How about you? Yeah, so I I was curious about specifically the, like, going to a place that you know you could get to, but you still use it anyway. Mm Because I think that that's the the more interesting thing. Like, yeah, of course people use GPS, like, to get to a place these days. It's dumb if you don't. Um, If it's a place you haven't been to or not comfortable getting to, you've only been there once, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. For me... It's several things. One is I live in a city and in a similar vein, like the navigational landmarks and trying to pay attention to streets is a little bit trickier at times. Mm -hmm. Sometimes following the GPS is actually kind of tricky too, to figure out like, wait, am I turning on this block or is like, like my, is my map updating exactly on time? And am I, should I be turning right here or not? Uh, mm-hmm. But it's it's not always easy to tell which street you're even on if the street signs are not super clear, which they aren't always. Um, traffic is a big reason that I tend to keep it on. Even like driving over to Oakland area, which I go to a lot now because that's where I play baseball. I can get all of those places without maps, like for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not concerned. Um, but or at least I can always get. I can definitely get home without them. I'm getting to there. It's the same thing where I don't actually pay that close attention to which exit I'm supposed to be taking. Um, So that's helpful. But the traffic conditions, like on a bridge or whatever, knowing that there's a slowdown to be prepared for, that's very helpful for me. Um, Those are the main reasons. I get the driving at night as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But the big thing for me is just like I'm in an area that has a style of driving with which I'm not quite as familiar Mm. in a region that I don't like. Yes. I've lived here now for over a year and a half, 
but I don't drive that much. I drive basically on the weekend somewhere outside of the city, and every once in a while there's a reason for me to drive within the city to somewhere. But those are few and far between, and so compared to, like, driving around the suburbs where I had years of experience and I'm comfortable driving in the suburbs and the general region, or even when I was in San Diego, like, I got used to the general area and the vibe because it's still the suburbs, you know? And I didn't feel as inclined to use maps because, like, my brain knew what to be looking for and what to pay attention to to remember the routes that I needed to take. And I could make sense of it better versus in a city where there's weird one ways and, like, you just never quite know. And especially a place like San Francisco where it's, like, different grid systems put at angles to each other. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, you're going straight, and you're going to quote-unquote continue straight onto this road, but what you're really doing is taking like a 30-degree turn to the left, and now you're on a new grid system. That's kind of just, you know, angled away from your typical north, south, east, west. And that's just a little weird, too. Mm-hmm. So... That's kind of my my main reasons, I think. So I was I was especially curious if traffic or anything like that would come into play, but um, that's kind of situational, I would imagine. Yeah. Traffic normally isn't, but I recently had a situation where it saved my keister because uh, I was going somewhere new, so I was definitely using maps. Do you use Google Maps or Apple Maps? Oh, Google Maps. Okay, I just wanted to check. So I initially like looked at the maps and saw where my destination was, and I was like, "Oh, I know like the first few moves to get there," and then it immediately tells me to do the opposite of my intuition because mm. I needed to go north, and it had me like going south to hop on the highway, which I knew like the amount south you have to go is like kind of a lot for how far north I was going. Like I was like, "This isn't going to cancel out. I'm. I'd rather just go north on like the city streets." So I started doing that and then because expecting like, oh, well, like once I make the first turn, even if it's not like the optimum time or whatever, like it'll correct me and I'm, I'd am i rather take this way anyway. Why was it? Oh, because I was also like going to pick somebody up on the way that I hadn't put in the maps or was like maybe going to, I wasn't sure yet. They said they were going to call me in like two minutes. So I was like, I'll head the way in case I need to pick them up anyway. Um, and so I started going north and then like, it kept trying to correct me, like increasingly bad corrections to turn around and get on the highway. And I was like, let's just, this seems sketchy. Let's go, let's start following the directions. And then it hit me that like, oh, the football game just got done. All of the roads, the direction that I'm going are probably like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And it was like after I'd gotten far enough to get on the highway, like after a couple minutes of going the directions the map was actually telling me, I was like, yeah, this definitely saved me like 30 minutes in like a 15 minute trip. Sure. Uh, That's the glory of it. Yeah. So it was very, very, very useful. Mm-hmm. But the other weird situation that I think is sometime when I will use maps, that's probably totally unnecessary, but I'll do it for a stupid reason is if I'm going somewhere when it's like near when I think the place is going to close. 
Because mm. it'll give me the estimate of when I'm going to arrive there. And then it'll also yell at me if it's within an hour of them closing. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so you know I, whether to be, uh, whether you should feel bad about going there and all that. Yeah. Oh, well, no, I don't feel bad. Like, if I'm going <laughs> to get there before they close, I don't feel no. bad. Well, if I'm going to get there before they close and however long it's going to take me there is definitely not going to go past when they close. But I do have a bad habit of like going grocery shopping quite close to closing time. Because mm-hmm. I don't like grocery shopping when there's people around. It's just annoying. They get in my way. It, it is. It is. And you don't have the benefit of me and get, of getting to go at like 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, I wish. <laughs> I wish I... Uh, I wish I didn't like getting into the office so early because I would love to pick back up with going in early morning grocery mm. shopping. Like getting to the grocery store at like 6.15 or something. That was honestly kind of my favorite. Grant has brought poorly drawn lines by, if I remember, is it is this the Reza one? It is Reza... Oh, man, it's not on the contact page. For Osmond, there it is at the bottom. Copyright. Found it. But I did remember their name, mostly. Anyway, we have a bearded fellow sitting at a table with a blank sheet of paper and some sort of writing tool in front of them. And off frame, someone is saying, What's the point of being different? And we zoom in to this person's face. When you can be the same. Empty frame except for the text bubble. The same is safe. It's proven to work. And now we zoom back out. The person at the table is speaking up. I don't know if this is good advice, Marky Mouse. And we cut over to this said Marky Mouse who is a humanoid mouse with some sort of a goatee kind of thing going on. It's kind of hard to tell. Um, wearing underpants, pink underpants, uh, smoking a cigarette that he holds in his white gloves, saying, you don't know anything, you little shit. <laughs> and the, the man back at the table is holding out his arm, presumably if the fingers were drawn fully, kind of hand out stretched like a weight, saying, Marky Mouse, wait. And then we snap back to uh, Marky Mouse now holding a cigarette in his other hand. He has put on sunglasses, and next to him is some sort of cartoon cat of sorts, also smoking a cigarette or something like that. And Marky Mouse is saying, let's bounce. Lovely. Mark, do you think Marky Mouse looks cool because he's smoking or lame because he's smoking? You can only look cool while smoking if you're a camel. Okay. Or a, or an old west cowboy. Okay. That's that's all I I didn't learn that smoking was cool. I learned that camels and old west cowboy smoking was cool. That's what I learned at, in dare education. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that heroin sounds kind of fun. <laughs> you can just try it once. It's fine. Oh, I should tell you this story. I told it to Aaron. It was wild. So I was playing baseball last week. And uh, I was talking to some people in between games. Uh, I was substitute. A bunch of people from my team were substituting for another team for like the early morning game. And then there was a game between. And then our team was actually playing the afternoon. 
So in between, we were, like, getting lunch and hanging out and chatting and stuff. And I was joking about how, like, oh, yeah, this, like, this many slices of pizza that I just ate is not a great pregame meal for our real game this afternoon. And they're like, well, it's way better than John's pregame meal uh, last week for the, the Spartans. And apparently, this guy, Curtis, on this other team. Wait, um, there's a John. I did. I'm, I'm getting to John. Oh. This guy, Curtis, uh, who's this scrawny kid on this other team, um, he apparently deals cocaine. And then John, this other guy who's like a former junior college baseball player. Are you leaving all this in? <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, apparently, I was told by these these teammates of mine who subbed for this team the prior week that this guy, John, like did a line of cocaine right before the game. And they were like, well, I mean, he did take 10 ground balls and he made all the plays. So it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably how he so. did it. This was the the dirty underbelly of the league that I was unaware of that is otherwise pretty much on the up and up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you go. It was, it was a very wild. Wow, I had something else to ask, but I do not remember what it was. <laughs> oh, I do remember, but I don't okay. know if it fits. Yeah, go for it. We can have a short episode. It's fine. No, I want to know what how you can top that. What? No, it's mostly something <laughs> that like... It's a question that would lead to a follow-up question, but I don't think your answer to the first question is going to lead to the follow-up question. Do you watch Survivor? I can answer it in a way that will. Have you watched Survivor in the past decade consistently at all? I watched a Game Changer from College Humor where they did Survivor. Okay. And half of the people on there had watched Survivor before and understood how it worked, and that seemed to translate to it. So I think that they more or less did a sufficient ripoff of Survivor that I genuinely understand how it works. Yeah, but you, you don't know enough to like know references to contestants on the show. Oh, certainly Who have been not. on multiple seasons. <laughs> certainly even. not, but I can pretend okay. to. No, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm a very no, good we'll, improver. We'll say, well, let's have you yes, pretend. Yes, and Grant. Uh does Marky Mouse remind you of anyone? Ooh, yeah, he reminds you of that guy Dale from season seven. No, he does not remind <laughs> you. Of, wait, season seven? I don't think there was a. Da- anyway, was there a Dale at least? <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's been a Dale. Survivor. Dale. Dale Wentworth. Yeah. He was in season. Where does it tell you? Days so lasted fifteen. It, it's, it's Kelly's dad. He was so it was a season of uh it is Kelly's dad. Like people and like Look at you. important people in their life like Why doesn't it tell me what year he was on? It doesn't tell me that. I don't know. I can look it up, but like There's all the summary information. It doesn't say that. It was Blood versus Water. Was that his first season, I think? Or something? I don't know. It doesn't tell me. Uh, um It was a season where like the like Shtick of the oh, season was Survivor San Juan del Sur. What? Season number twenty nine. Uh, also known as Blood versus Water. Okay, you are correct. There we go. Yeah. So the whole shtick of the season was they brought on people with a like loved one or like a best friend or a spouse or a girlfriend, whatever. Yeah, they had to betray. Uh, and then they started the season with the tribe split up with one person on one tribe, the other person on the other tribe, and that was everybody. So everybody mm-hmm. was split up from like a loved one. And so it created like, I think the idea on the producer's part was to create like messy social dynamics. 
mm-hmm. of like, oh, I just saw my loved one get voted out. And then like weeks later they make it and like now they're playing on a team with the people who had voted their loved one out. And then like people are trying to get revenge, la di da di da or like people are worried about other people's loved ones still being in the game. So they're mm-hmm. going to vote someone out because they don't want like them to have that connection later on where it's really useful to have like a ally that you have like that you know isn't going to betray you you know mm-hmm. uh, now i'm just looking through to see if any of the people on if i can play like an association game dale i agree does not remind me at all of uh <laughs> marky mouse but now i'm clicking through the links i'm on the survivor fandom page and now I'm just clicking through to see who would remind me. Alec Christie is getting close. Alec Christie, I this might is Alec. He's got he's got chill surfer vibes, kind of. Is Alec from a recent season? This is all presumably the same season, like because I'm just on Dale's page, and then going through all the different links that come up. So Alec is from the same season. Okay. Yeah, some of these guys are ripped. Oh my god, he, oh god. Does, is Alec kind of like Marky Mouse? No, not at all. Okay. He's just the worst. Not, he's not the worst. I mean, Marky Mouse doesn't look too cool either. Uh, no, I'll, I'll find you, I'll find you something to send you to. Okay, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for the lookalike. Um, no, the problem is it's not like a picture that's they're gonna want to have post like i don't care no it it it's making it hard to find because it's a picture oh, like well can you just give me the name and i can look it up no let's just end the episode first of all oh my god is that okay fine You're making it re-